Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Chelsea Podcast. It's me, Andy Saunders, Kerry Levy, and we've got a special guest today, Emma Hayes, who is the manager of Chelsea Ladies Football Team. Hello. Hello, how are you doing? We're good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. In a good mood. Are you? Yeah, looking forward to the season. Your season starts soon, doesn't it? Because you, you run from March to October, is that right? It starts on Sunday with the FA Cup. We start, it's Watford all a bit ladies. skewed in the women's game, but yeah. uh, we start on Sunday with the FA Cup following week we are away to Notts County and the women's season is from March through till October for us perhaps November because we're in the Champions League that's right first time in the Champions League first time in the Champions League so you know um, you know looking forward to the season brilliant so you're at home on Sunday against Watford Ladies is that right we are and you did play at Staines don't you play at Staines yeah, yeah. Lo- lovely little stadium to be Fantastic. fair it's a big Chelsea belt. It ain't yeah. called Steins Stadium, though, is it? It's the home of LEG. Is it, is the, is it the wheat, wheat Shift or the Wheat... Yeah, the Wheat Sheaf. The Wheat Sheaf, that's yeah. right, yeah. There you go. Nice yeah. little stadium. So, um, I was looking at your CV, Emma. You've got a very impressive CV. Um, did, you, did you look at Emma's CV as well? Uh, yes. Be truthful. <laughs> yes. Well, you've, you've, no, you've coached in America, haven't you? I have. I've coached in America. I've coached at Arsenal. But what's more impressive to me is you're from Camden. Yes, exactly. You? You're an Islington boy, aren't no, you? No, I'm Camden. Oh, good. I never really knew that. I yeah. thought you were Islington. I'm from King's Cross. Oh, quality. I'm from, well, just up the road. Summerstown, north part of that. See? See? So you both should be Arsenal fans, is what you're saying. We both should be Arsenal fans, but we won't talk about who we support. But, you know, I support Chelsea and Emma supports, what's it, Chelsea manager. So support my legs. supports Chelsea. But you are, you are, you're actually a Spurs fan, aren't you? I, I well, let's am. come clean about this. I, I, I have been a Spurs fan growing up, absolutely. Um, but um, I equally love watching the Chelsea. So when you're a professional uh, football uh, manager, 
Is it, is it difficult to be a fan as well? I mean, because you're so wrapped up in football 24 hours a day, is it difficult to remove yourself from that bubble? It's hard to be a fan because this is our job. You know, every year when I'm asked to join a fantasy football team or asked to play FIFA manager on it, I'm like, I do this for a living. I don't want to do this for my playtime. So it's the same as, as being a fan. I might be a fan of different things because I might be learning from other coaches or other teams, but, you know, ultimately just doing my job. So the how, best did, I can. how did you how did you get into the uh, into the professional world of football? Because as, as Phil mentioned, you coached in America. Um, firstly, between two thousand one and two thousand and six, um, did well over there, didn't you? And were manager of the year and so on and so forth. How did that come about? Um, I think my father had three children, three girls. Knew that it was no son that was going to come through, so he had to kick one of us into football. And uh, there wasn't opportunities sort of growing up for you to do this as a living. And I decided if I couldn't do it as a living here, why not go to the home of women's football, America, and have some sort of a career there? And it just sort of got off and lived the American dream for the best part on and off of 10 years. Because you came back in the middle of, of your two stints in America and, and as, as Phil mentioned, you went to Arsenal. And you had an amazing run as the assistant manager and academy director there, winning 11 major trophies there, is that right? Yes, the main one being the, the Women's Champion League, um, or the w- Women's Cup as it was called. So a really, like, a special time that I think it'd be difficult to emulate. To win a quadruple mm. as a manager or as a coach is, is you know, unparalleled. Was my old mate Vicky Akers there? He was, he was my boss, Vic. Was he was your boss, And, yeah. um, you know, part of... My job was to coach the team throughout the week and he was, you know, good old-fashioned manager and picked the team at the weekend. And, and you were the academy director as well, so you were responsible for bringing through a lot of young players that are now currently doing well in the, in the Women's Premier League. Yeah, somebody told Super me the League. other day that we, I've produced more players from an academy into the league than anyone else and that gives me as much satisfaction to know that kids have come through and they're playing. Have the women's teams, other women's teams, um, caught up with Arsenal now? Because when they first, when it was first going, Arsenal used to thrash everybody, didn't they? For 20 years, for they, 20 thrashed years everyone. they thrashed everyone. They thrashed, they thrashed us for 20 years, wasn't I should it, say. It was Arsenal and Doncaster Bells, wasn't it? Was yeah, that right? Yeah. It, was, it was those two teams. It was those two teams. Yeah. They dominated until maybe two years ago. Then Liverpool came in. And then last year, we did the double over Arsenal in the league. First time in our history. So we're top dogs at the moment. And you take it because there is pride at stake. And to do the double over Arsenal in the league was honestly just as as good an achievement as anything. Because you just... I think just in the same way in the men's game, to see Man United Mm. disappear a little bit from the the upper echelons. It was the same... Same in the women's game. It was a bit of a choker last year, though, wasn't it? Oh. Last game of the season. Pain. Pain, And agony. it was all broadcast live on Sky, wasn't it? The final final uh, showdown of the season. Yeah. And I have to say, I was just thinking on my way out, I watched it. I've, not, I've got an 11-year-old daughter that plays football, and so we watched it. She's a big Chelsea ladies fan. And um, I have to say, you took it extremely well. You didn't look like you were losing it on the, on the touchline. I thought you, you looked very composed as it I all went hor- horribly wrong. I was crying inside. 2-1 lost I to Man City, I wasn't it? I won't lie. My goalkeeper... Went down and broke a collarbone That's in eight right. places within eight minutes. And my backup keeper had torn her cartilage. So I had to wheel out, no disrespect, to somebody who had been with us for five days. And I said... Uh, and I she said was a veteran, her, wasn't she? She was a, vet, she was a police officer who hadn't been training for years. And I said to her, she was Nicked going... Nicked a on, lot of them. <laughs> I said, yeah, ex- exactly. I, why didn't I say that at the time? I might have got more out of her. But I sent her onto the pitch and said, um, oh, you were born for today. 
You were absolutely born for today. And I could just see the white in her eyes thinking, I want to be anywhere but here. <laughs> I didn't expect this. But and unfortunately, Liverpool went on and, and nicked it, didn't they? Just by almost by default. By a goal. We yeah. lost the league by a goal. And so I've spent the off-season recruiting the spine of the team to make sure we're never in that position again. And you're confident this year? I love the team. I really think we've done made the right changes and bought in... Somebody said to me, yes, it looks more like the Chelsea men's team than, than, than ever. And it's by default. I haven't deliberately gone out and, and done that. But I've signed uh, players that are, I think, a little more resilient away from home. Well, I've got... Now, and I looked up... You signed someone called Maria Banusic. Or her name's Maradinho. Maradinho, yeah. She renamed herself through oh, her passport. Oh, that's right. Maradinho. Maradinho. <laughs> now, she's uh, 19... Yep. She comes from Sweden. Yep. So you sign her. Does she come over and live over here now? Oh, yeah, they're all full-time professionals. They're all full-time. Do you they pay a problem. fee to her club, like, you know... If they're in contract, but she was out of contract. So you just sign her? Yeah, but they, we buy and sell now in, in so the women's game. So it's a proper professional setup now? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a growing game in this country. But in, in Europe, the top teams have around sort of five million pound budgets. Like, it's, it's a serious sport. It's becoming a serious sport here. But we're really in the first year of, of the players being all full-time. Yeah, mm. My niece is uh, at Reading. She's, she plays, uh, she's 15. She's been in the under-16s. I think she's in the reserve setup now. And they've got a kind of academy. and She does a kind of schoolwork there now. Does that sort of thing happen at Chelsea? It's, yes, we, we're moving towards doing more of that on a bigger level with university scholarships, we're, our goal is, our dream is perhaps a bit like the academy boys, schooling, you know, they come, they train at Cobham, get schooled, you know, go home. I mean, it's just growing so quickly. It's, it's trying to keep up to pace with the developments of the game. And as, for those that don't know, the, the actual ladies team's been around since 1992, but you've actually been fully affiliated with Chelsea Football Club since 2004. So that's 10 years now. And, and how do you feel the club is... is, is are they taking it very seriously, women's football? I, I can't say enough good things about Chelsea. And it's, you know, I think sometimes when you're asked the question, Chelsea gets so much bad press all the time. And, and, and I, perhaps I need to do a better job at times to talk about the positive things. About well, you Chelsea. are. You're on, you're on the, the, well, the, the, the real Chelsea podcast I'm talking here. about I'm, it. I'm, I'm at the only place to talk about it. Exactly. But no, they've been supportive. Bruce Buck in particular is a big fan right. of the women's game and, and he's wanted to see not just to have success on the pitch like all of our teams, but a setup that rivals the top teams in the world. He wants to see a good product. So Amazing. I'm under pressure. I'm aware that you're sitting uh, by the magic of witchcraft miles away, Kerry. Have you got any questions for Emma? Yeah, I mean, I suppose my, my first thing is, having read everything that you've done in the past, you, you've had a very interesting time of it because you started off by going to America. What, what you said at the very beginning was the home of football or women's football um, because that's where you could get a job. And now that you're back here, the development of the game in this country, I mean, in so many ways is... Is, is a very much an ongoing process. What's it like for you, having seen this whole sort of world open up and you don't have to just be in America now? Oh, it's fantastic. I get to see my family every week. I don't have to live thousands of miles away anymore. And, but it's the pace that has 
shocked me how quickly it's all transpired. The Olympics happened. Mm. They filled stadiums. Great Britain didn't do particularly well, but what it did do was got boardrooms interested because all of a sudden they saw a game and said, hang on a minute, people are attending. This might be something we look at. And I think that we're now in an age where it's such a global game. So for a club like Chelsea, we've always got to fulfil a lot whether it be in Asia, whether it be in America, whether it be for our sponsors. You know, the, the, the women's are just another extension within the club, within the Chelsea community. And I think that the fact that boardrooms see us like that and know that, that marketing-wise there's a lot of positive things to gain from it, as well as a good team, mm. I think, um, you know, you go up to Manchester City, they, they, the top of their academy tree there is not the boys under 18s, it's women. Mm. They dominate the best pitches. They've got a setup that will rival top men's teams, let alone top women's teams. And, and I think Chelsea have, have, have done similar things and, and offered us equal space and access at Cobham. And we have a, you know, we're blessed. And well, I think it's only right, really, isn't it? Uh, well, I think when it comes to... I mean, in to... the end of the day, it's, 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 it's a good thing. That it's happening. Well, it is. I mean, again, it's, you know, I go back to the fact that I have a daughter who's, who's young, who loves playing football. You know, plays for a you know a, a, a local team that started off as a boys' team. It's a fairly big local club, and their women, their girls, set up going into teenagers and under 18s is it's big now. You know, and and the, you know even at the very sort of provincial level, uh, girls' football, women's football is being taken seriously. They've got you know Arsenal ladies as our local team. They've got a big outreach program. The girls go and be ball girls and mascot and do training sessions and it does seem that you know the bigger clubs are really outreaching into the community to you know to girls and women that want to play football well well, think about it like this do you know how many people are expected to tune into the women's world cup this summer shocked me this 400 million really and i I, I thought about that for a minute i was like 400 million people tuning in and then then i read an article about a little city in canada winnipeg which, for no other reason, I had no reason to remember it. They were saying that USA women's team are based there. They put an article out today to say all the hotels are booked out. Everything's booked out in the area. For a Women's World Cup where a final was sold out in 15 minutes. And are the Americans nailed on to win it? Never. <laughs> it's in Canada, then? It's in Canada. Excuse my ignorance. No, that's all right. That's, um, it's, it's, it's in Canada. I think Germany and USA are favourites. But right. a final sold out in 15 minutes. Shocking. I mean... What are the what are the what are the Chelsea players like the big first team players are they supportive of it or do they are they standoffish do they get involved in in what in what you do No they're great I mean John Terry's our president um, I was going to say that I've seen I've seen him pitch side sorry I killed you there I see, you know he came and watch I've been I've seen him on the side of our pitch watching um, our pre seasons his daughter Summer is coming into the program now she's at the under nine age group and. You know, he takes an active role. You know, he's, he's there to, you know, just support in the way that, that he is as a great club captain. You know, he, he, you know, he very much inside, inside there. I, I can't say, you know, I can only say good things about him and the support he's given us. Brilliant. That's great. Should we talk about some of the football we've played this week, Philip? If you must. We must. Two draws this week. Uh, one more significant than the other one. Well, one better than the one draw better than the other one. Okay. Um, so Wednesday night, Champions League, uh, second leg, round of sixteen, Paris Saint Germain, and uh, yeah, an interesting evening's football overall. Well, it was upsetting, wasn't it? I mean, as a fan, it was kind of just like drove you around a twist. Didn't know what to think of it. Well, should uh, we have a look at the team? 
Should we have a look at the team? And, and see, so there was one change from the side that beat West Ham a week earlier. Matic came in for Zuma. Courtois, Ivanovic, Terry, Cahill, Azpilicueta, Matic, Fabregas, Ramirez, Oscar Hazard, Costa. Were you happy with the team when you saw it? Well, I thought William was playing. And did he hurt himself in the... In the um... No, he came on as a sub for Oscar at half-time. Oh, did he? Well, I would have played William. Um, but um, apart from that, it, you know, it, it's a team that if you're going to... It's a good team, but we didn't attack, did we, enough? Well, no, well, we certainly didn't when they went down to 10 men after 30 minutes. No. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a professional football well, manager. He's a manager here. Yeah. You're a manager, But she ain't right? going to have a go at Mourinho. No, 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 no. Like, listen, we, we, un- we understand that, you know, that Emma has to stay somewhat on message. But, you know, but uh, tell me this. As a manager, and I manage an under-18s team, right? I'm an m- amateur, you know, sort of Sunday morning manager. But it seems to me if the opposition go down to 10 men, you put an attacker on and, and you, you take the game to them. And Mourinho didn't seem to do that. Did you, do you have a view on that? Not as a criticism, but just no, a, I- just a view. Just as just anybody watching it, first of all, they crossed the white line. Did he prepare them? Of course he did. Did he did he ask them to attack? Of course he did. Did he ask them to defend? You know, I think sometimes when we look at it, you know, and say, well, you know, he didn't want them to attack. No, of course he did. However, collectively, when you're watching that game, we were all thinking, what's the matter with them? Why can't we be convincing? In, in our performance and you just felt when you consider that PSG had in and around 50% possession for, and they had 10 players for 51% possession so our 49% well that's in exceptional yeah. considering it talk, you talk about courage and bravery and you know he, as he spoke about after the game the post-mortem he wanted to know how the players were feeling mm. and, and to be honest with you this happens in dressing rooms games end especially in losses you get together and you say what happened and I'm pretty certain in the, in the room, you know, for whatever reason, it will stay there. But but just knowing as a manager, players are going to say, perhaps they didn't have confidence, perhaps they didn't have belief. You don't know. But I think that's surprising, mm. considering this group of players. I mean, you'd like to think PSG at home, at Stamford Bridge, 11 versus 10, mm. Winning the game on two separate occasions, you'd have put your mortgage on it. Absolutely. That's the disappointing factor. And I think for Mourinho, yes, he's, he's, he's always stereotyped to play in a certain type of way. But what, what you don't know as fans is what injuries did they have? Of course, yeah. What issues were going on behind the scenes? They just that he seem had to, to make have those lost changes. a bit of, for me, they seem to kind of just lost a bit of form at the. Uh, uh, or confidence. Wrong, yeah, at or the confidence. wrong time. You, know? you can't underestimate it. When you, when you talk about, you know, there's a lot of criticism about Fabregas at the moment, you know, not playing with the same sort of freedom or vigour or freshness that he did earlier on this season. But confidence plays a massive part in performance. And you can see there's just that little bit yeah, of self Yeah, but I'll go on stage. I'll go bit. on stage and, you know, sometimes I'm confident, sometimes I'm not. But I perform. I, you know, I have to perform to the best of my ability all the time. And confidence, OK, for footballers. There's a line about that in a song about confidence, isn't it? Preference, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I just think they get paid a lot of money, these guys. And I know they should have psychologists that are helping their confidence. Well, they do, presumably. their confidence. Mourinho is a psychologist. He says that I'd well, argue he's getting it, he got it wrong in that well, game. Well, lots feet. didn't go right, but there, there, there was injuries going into the game, big injuries mm. that they had to get through. You know, they carried players through the game. And it's not an excuse, but we're taking something away from PSG because no, yeah. they played they're a well. top team. They played they well. They were heroic, apparent, according to the uh, French press. Heroic. Heroic. 
Kerry, what did you think? Were you, um, were you disappointed, Kerry? Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things. It, you're, you're not disappointed at the result because we didn't deserve to get the win. But I was very disappointed with the way we seemed to be set up for the game. And it's this sort of almost cat and mouse game that we occasionally play. Or actually, we've been playing a lot more recently where we're kind of waiting to react to what the other team are doing and try and hit them on the break. Um, and there just seems to be sometimes it goes on too long in a game and it's almost like some of the players are lethargic. And I, I, I just wonder, I mean, I'd like to ask Emma something about this because we, we know that Mourinho is very good at changing games a lot of the time. But every now and then, it just seems though there's nothing you can do. And, and do you find this, Emma, that often or, or sometimes teams, you, there's nothing you can do in that 90 minutes and you do end up having to talk about it after the game? Well, you have to trust in your players. You have to decide how much confidence do you have on the players on the bench. And, and you know, in all fairness, you know, you're looking to Drogba in, the, in these biggest games when there might be some younger players on the bench with mm. different types of performances to Drogba. You have to say to yourself, how much of that group do, does he really trust to, to you know, perform in the top games? You don't know. Well, he doesn't... He obviously don't trust the, mid, the young midfielders because, you know, he, he, you know, he sticks with what he knows in midfield, doesn't he? He never brings, you know... Loftus-cheek. Loftus-cheek. And okay. I don't think, you know, yesterday he brought on... I like Remy, and I think he could do a, a job for us. You know, with Costa losing a bit of form, maybe he needs to be pulled off. Almost, Remy almost scored Remy yesterday, didn't he? Almost. He, knew, he nearly scored. I mean, the keeper... I mean, that was that... Just that little passage was just oh, like... Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about Southampton oh, going forward. He nearly scored, and he can do that, Remy. He, he's a, you know, where Dids comes on and he can, you know, put it about a bit. You know, he's had his great days, I think. But, but, you, but you'd argue, if it comes off, it's masterful. You bring on sure. your most experienced, you know, yeah. hero, the legend of the club. Yeah. And I think everybody saw Drogba come off the bench and thought, that's it, that'd be enough, we're tightening up, we'll bring the experience to the game. But the reality is, there didn't seem to be a lot of legs. It didn't. I didn't feel no. watching the performance that... That the midfield had particular help. They didn't have. They didn't have a great game centrally, but you know, for whatever reason, there's. Do you know what? It's never single fold. It's no. a number of issues. It's like the law of averages, isn't it? Yesterday, we nearly got the goal because we we crossed it a lot. You know, a lot of crosses got blocked by Ivanovic, but a few got over. So there was less. Cro- you know, we attacked less. The more you attack, law of averages says you're going to get more chances. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> you know. I love a stat, as you know, Phil. Well, you do. Um, and I don't know how much store you set by a statistic. I mean, you must analyse games and whatever. What I thought was an interesting stat from the PSG games, there were Chelsea had 610 passes to PSG 634. That's a lot of passes in a game, isn't it? But how many were forward? How well, many were in dangerous areas? That'd well, be more interesting. Absolutely. But the other, the other stat that I thought was interesting was we only won 63% of our tackles, which seems to be on the low side. But how much of that's related to the things I mentioned before? Energy levels, fit, you know, fatigue, injuries. You know, there, there are reasons that, that go into that. You have a week off beforehand, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, but I just mean the accumulation of games. Uh, I mean, uh, Chelsea have had some injury problems of late. I think, yeah. you know... Old pros, I tell you, you know, I, wanted, I would play three games a week if I could. 
I think I, I agreed maybe in the past, <laughs> but I think at this level now where more distances are covered than ever, the game, to be honest, is played at a breakneck speed. It's, it's difficult to compare it to a game in the early 90s, perhaps. Yeah. But I do think it was it was a surprising performance from Chelsea for the simple reason a Mourinho team getting beaten at home in Stamford Bridge after losing twice against 10 players... How much of that's a psychological issue? Well, How also much of it's scoring a, well, in the eighty-first minute and conceding in those nine minutes. That's you why know. I think confidence has yeah. a role yeah. to play in it. And I think if Hazard, if Hazard doesn't have a great game, we're a little bit stymied. Well, I think getting to this stage of the season when you're, you know, Costa's finding the challenges of the league and beyond. You're reliant on Hazard at times, and I think with, you know, I think some have argued Fabregas and Oscar in the same team at home against that type of oh, midfield. Oh, don't get him started on, on, on Oscar. <laughs> on Oscar, no. but, but you know, you know, another day. I think the disappointing element is that you no, know, we go, we go ahead on two occasions and don't hang on. I think that's that, very unChelsea that, like. That's, that's it's very unChelsea like. Once he got the penalty away. Because I said we beat them 3-1 in extra time. Once we got the penalty away, I was thinking, oh, my bet's up. Yeah. I'm going to win this. I know. But listen, one thing, Emma, nobody loves David Louise more than, more than Phil. And um, he, he showed what a good player he is, didn't he? He's not getting a statue, though, is he? After that performance. No. And, yeah. you know, he celebrated his goal. He couldn't help it. Yeah, but, but, um, but you talk about the influence of players. This is the cat of Brazil, right? Yeah. Forget a former Chelsea player. How many of them Brazilians got their foot near him? Mm. Not once. I thought, I thought it was a masterful yeah, he performance. Was brilliant. He was but, brilliant. But not just in terms of what he did on the ball or off the ball, but psychologically, you could tell he affected the likes of Costa, the likes of uh, Oh, he should have been sent Oscar. off, though. Should have been sent off for that elbow on Costa. Yeah, perhaps. Oh. I, mean, I, 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 I can't disagree with you, but you talk about this managing is the fan pressure. talking rather than the analyst. I mean, talk you know. about the... managed pressure. Yeah, but this Mourinho couldn't really have a go at the ref in that game. For a change, yeah, could he? No. I mean, he was pretty. Uh, well, that's a really important. He was pretty point. on our side for for once. In all, in, you know, in all fairness to referees and to Marie, that ref was pretty good for us. Not bad. I think Emma made a very good point there about managing the big games. Luis was always good at the big games. You know, Champions League final, played with half a hamstring. I mean, you know, absolutely brilliant. It was when he went away to Stoke on a Wednesday night that he would make the well, rick and lack yeah, concentration. When he makes a bit of a rick, and what, who was he playing with at the back? Another Brazilian. Silver, yeah. The two, the, what, the two that conceded seven against Germany. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Fickle business, you it know. Fickle business, isn't it? Fickle business. Yeah, he was, a, he was a hell of a player. I mean, you know, uh, a couple of other things about that game. Um, interesting stat about Zlatan, actually. In eight matches against clubs managed by Mourinho, Ibrahimovic has, a, has zero goals, zero assists and one red card. You know, I mean, obviously that wasn't a sending off, but um, how much of an influence do you think Ibrahimovic would have had on the game if he'd have stayed on? Well, you never know with him, do you? I mean, he is some player. Um, but we might have beat him with 11. He is, but he, there is a little bit of the nearly player with him. You did you always... see what happened at the weekend? You, you, I didn't. Oh, so they lost 3-2 yes. to Bordeaux yesterday. Uh, two goals from Zlatan, including an 85th minute equaliser. Uh, and then Bordeaux scored the winner in the 89th minute. And afterwards, he did an absolutely classic rant. He said, in 15 years, I've never seen a good referee in this shit country. It doesn't even deserve PSG. You're not playing with amateurs. 
Brilliant. Just absolutely lost the plot. He lost the plot. He he, um, retracted that, didn't he, afterwards? He said he was very sorry (laughs) and he was very angry at the time. But that leaves PSG second in the table, two points behind Leon. So they couldn't capitalise on it. You know, so they obviously gave their all on the Wednesday night. So what did you think of the game um, generally, Kerry? Uh, well, uh, the the Paris game. No, what, yeah, the Paris game. Sorry, yes, on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, as I as I said, I think we just couldn't find the right gear to, to take it to uh, Paris and and um, take them apart, which we should have done. You know, we we have been guilty at times of overplaying it, and at the one time that we really needed to play a game where we went straight for the jugular. It was the Paris game, and we just never did it. And, you know, it, it's interesting because Hazard was doing all this wizardry and everything, but there was no one running into space for him. And we just didn't attack the box. And it's it's becoming a bit of a bugbear of mine, and we've talked about this, Andy, is that Diego seems to be going out to the wide a lot. And we've talked about that you're saying he's searching for the ball. And yet we've got midfielders who should be looking for him. I like to see my striker in the penalty area, looking for the ball, sniffing out the chances. And he looks as though he's having to hunt too much for it. Well, Fabi's the only one who, who looks like he can play. He's, he, you know, early season, they seem to have that little sort of, you know, hidden sort of thing, you know, where they could, where they could um, pass to one another. But well, it's this... not sort of happening so much. But it, there was a few balls, this on against Southampton, and it looked like it was happening again a bit, you know? Yeah, it's interesting. The, op- the optographic, the infographic from Opta has been all over the place this week, showing Fabregas's decline in the second half of seasons over the last five or six years. Um, you know, it does seem to be a, a sort of pattern with him. Only two assists since the start of the new year, but 15 assists before that. Um, but I think you're right. Let's come and talk about Southampton uh, yesterday. The, the early kickoff yesterday, uh, 1-1. One change from the PSG game. Uh, William came in for Ramirez, apart from that, you know, team kind of picked itself, really. Um, and as you say, I thought Fabregas, he looked, he looked a bit weary, he looked a bit leggy, but it did create a couple of things. A couple, there was a couple of moments where he looked like he was going to unlock it. Well, I prefer him um, forward, forward yeah. to, to sitting where he does because he can get caught on the ball a bit. You know, he's, not the, he's, a, great, he's a great player and a got good vision, but he's not the quickest geezer in the world, is he? Which is, you know, the way it goes sometimes. But I prefer him a bit. Can I make a point about Fabregas? Go on. Um, they've been saying that he's got this problem that he hits Christmas and then after Christmas it's all gone wrong. So here's my thought for next year. Cancel his Christmas, make him train on Christmas Day and make him have Christmas Day at the end of May. Stop okay. it, he's joking. He's not. No, that's why he gets paid the big bucks for that kind of insight. I think, I think when you look at Fabregas, he's been playing in Spain. They're used to at least a two-week break. You yep. to, you've got that game's accumulation through Christmas. He did, I, I remember him taking a, a few days to get a bit of sun. For some players, they're adjusted to that. And you come into the pace and, uh, of, of the Premier League where you've gone from Barcelona where you dominate the ball and it's a different type of game. You're not, you're not defending with the same ferocity and intensity. And I think that, you know, that's hard to sustain that. And I think form is not a permanent place. It is. Oh, they're jumping all, players are jumping all over him, aren't they, at the moment? Well, he's a, he's a top player, yeah. but th- this, is, this is part of the challenge as a team. You know, you 
have to get through your difficult patch. And let's be honest here, this has been the, diff- the only difficult patch Chelsea have faced really all season. This is the only time, yes, perhaps the last few games, getting the result, getting it done. But only now is the question marks, can, can, can we do enough to cross the line? And I think there's enough collective wisdom, experience and players who are still playing at a top level to, to cross the finish line. Yeah, and I think as well, listen, everybody sort of lost the plot yesterday after that result. You know, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Southampton are a decent team. They've lost one of their last seven away games. We could have, but I mean, to be honest, you know, we've done quite well and we could have won it, but in that first half, we could have been down. Yeah. I, know, I think they had a lot of chances, Southampton, and they... They cut us about. But they've had an unbelievable year. I mean, defensively, they've been exceptional. They're difficult to break down. I don't know about you, but I think Wanyama and Schneiderlin, they're the two best holding midfield pair in the in the Premiership. And when you've got that up against Fabregas, that's difficult. They're beasts, those two. Absolute quality players. But I think they've got quality 11. You yeah. know, they, they made a decision to leave Pella on the bench yesterday, yeah. which I thought was interesting. But well, they went with pace. Well, Long has always been... A He's a nuisance, isn't he? nuisance at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. And he just stretches. He just stretches teams all the time. He, he runs does. off the shoulder. He gets in the deep. He... You know, he makes... But Southampton didn't possess the ball as well as they have done yesterday. I thought Chelsea, to be fair, had disrupted them, made it difficult. Chelsea had 61% of the possession yesterday, Chelsea, which is a lot for us this season. Yeah, I thought, and I think there's a victory in that. I think after such a tough week to then go at home, take a point out of it, it was important not to lose. And I think think as fans, sometimes we just expect wins. Point accumulation is what wins leagues. Especially when your closest rival loses as well. Let's be honest, you know, Man City, you know, exploded on, it's a point on Saturday. Game. It's exactly. a point game. Chelsea were unlucky yesterday. I don't mind. I, I, you know, my heart, I'm a big Chelsea fan. And when I see them really going for it, I, you know, and it's a draw, it, 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 it makes me feel good. The second half of the second half was some of the best intensity football that we've played at the Bridge this season. You know, yep. I mean, we were very unlucky, I think, in the last 10 minutes not to have... I mean, I watched the game. I watched the highlights again this morning and we were very unlucky in a couple of phases of game. Well, and the poor winger come on. He was meant to change the game and, you know... Oh, poor old Quadrado. You know, it happens sometimes. You just can't do anything right. (laughs) (laughs) But but a credit to the characters in this team because, like you said, I think there's a lot of criticism about the result yesterday and, and, and the first thing I thought was, what an exceptional result. Great performance considering the circumstances... And ultimately, it's a point closer to the title. I agree. I mean, interesting, just some of the stats, because you know I love a stats. 61% possession Chelsea. We had nine corners to the Southampton's two. We had 22 shots, 12 on target. They only had 12 shots. We had 605 passes. They only had 393. That's dominance to me, isn't it? I mean, that's dominating the game. I mean, in, in, in all sorts of different areas. Now, I know you would say you'd need to layer on what kind of passes they were and where they were and whatever, but just those bare stats show that that's a dominant performance, I think. I think it's to be built upon. I know for, the, for any group of players, and I, I can only speak from my own experience, after such a difficult loss midweek, for them to bounce back, get a performance, put a performance in, get a point, and come out of the game saying, we've played quite well today, is, is will give give the players the confidence I think that they needed. If they'd lost yesterday, I think that would be a difficult players difficult place for the players. Yeah. And that's what Mourinho's work is. Is it's, it's like any coach's work is to to make sure their players are in a good frame of mind to you know get the results. So Europe and your team, the girls, the ladies, um, how many rounds is that? 
There are, we start at the round of uh, 32. Yeah, you're going to the fifth round, straight into, yeah. the, straight into the fifth straight round. Straight into the fifth round. But yeah. because we're not seeded, this is the first time we're in the competition, we could draw one of the big guns straight and who out are the, the big guns? They are Wolfsburg, they mm. are Lyon, they are PSG. All right. Um, what about the Madrids and the Barcelonas? Are they not quite? Big? Yeah, they, aren't they? Okay. It, you know, women haven't come out of the kitchen yet in in, in the southern <laughs> in the parts. Latin countries. They're they're still hanging out the washing, and we, you know we're not quite in the coaching ranks yet. However, we st- the Scandinavian team, Swedish team, Malmo. You know, they've been traditionally good. English teams haven't been until Arsenal ladies back in two thousand and six when they won the competition. So no one's won it since then. No, 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 and so. Chelsea are in the competition this and are you year alongside Liverpool. Up? Yes, absolutely. I mean, Brilliant. let's let's be clear here with Chelsea. We have expectations. There is this ongoing meme about the fact that Roman Abramovich is obsessed with Europe and the men's team. Do you get any trickle down? We'd love you to do well in Europe from the hierarchy. I, I, listen, all fans would be happy to know that Chelsea expect winning teams. End of subject. And that's and for me, that's the single biggest difference. Uh, having worked at Arsenal. That's a big difference. Chelsea expect, and and I love that part of our culture. So, yes, of course they do. They want us to do well in Europe domestically, win a competition this year, and if not, the guillotine will be out. That's the way it goes. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Can you see, in the foreseeable future, women coaching at the highest level of the men's game? Um, Maybe. Would you like to? I've never... To be honest with you, I just want to coach the best team I can coach, Mm. and it just happens to be that I'm coaching women. If I was to coach in the men's game, it's not about learning coaching. I'd have to learn a whole new scouting, recruiting network. Okay, that's interesting. Because that's yeah. what the biggest change is. Yeah. Isn't Bringing the best out of people is bringing the best out of people. But knowing whatever level you go into, what the pool of players you can work with, budgets change, how you go about doing all that part, that'd be a massive learning experience. So for me, no, my interest is in, in the women's game. You're great. Um, just let's go back to the Southampton uh, game slightly. Just a, just a couple of things. Chelsea's defence, we mentioned this before, but they've now contributed to 32 goals this season. 18 goals, 14 assists. Ivanovic has contributed 10 of them. I mean, that, that ability to kind of create things from uh, defence, I mean, that, that's quite remarkable, isn't it? Unbelievable. From yeah. set pieces in particular. I mean, it's been... You know, I think that's been a real victory and always has been for Mourinho's teams for them to score goals, their defenders to score goals. All they've got to do now is learn how to defend. <laughs> it's an art. It's an art. Are you still there, Kerry? I am. You wanted to say something about how few players we've used this year, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, Mourinho likes a streamlined squad. We kind of understand that. But it seems as though when you have these moments like now, it just feels as though we could do with freshening up the team every now and then, give a little bit of a rest to a couple of the players, get someone in. And we don't seem to have that depth of squad to help people like Fabregas have a break rather than being, you know, dropped. Or, you know, somebody like Fabregas, he's he's one game away from a two-match suspension on bookings and things. And you want him to be fresh and fit. And I just think we will see a different squad next year that he might get two or three more players added to the overall size of the squad because I think that's where we're struggling. We can't freshen it up. 
Is that important to freshen up a team at this kind of period of a season? What do you think, Emma? Well, how many competitions do you want to win? I mean, all of them. In all fairness, league champions, elect possibly Carling Cup. I'm in agreement with you. You need a squad at the same level. If but that takes time. Have you it got really... un, have you got untouchables in your team? I think there are players that you can rely on week in, week out, and you do need to have a nucleus of seven or eight players. So your captain, Katie Chapman, is that right? So yes. 80 caps for England. She was with you in Chicago. She's been with you Three for... Three the... children. Three children. She's a super, super athlete. So she's an untouchable. She, she's our captain. I expect her to be in our team every week, but she right. still has to perform. I'm the captain. <laughs> You're the <Right>. governor. <laughs> You're the daddy. Um, no, but it's an interesting point, isn't it, the size of the squad? And also Mourinho's untouchable philosophy, which is he wants to play the same team every week if he feels that team is the team. I mean, I, well, how can it, you expect rhythm and routine in performance if you chop and change? I think, you know, I agree with him. I think you have to play a consistent group quite often. The problem you then face is the more successful you are, you then get a 70-game accumulation over the course of a season and energy stores get depleted. You get exhausted. These games, players are running 12 kilometres a game. It it takes a lot out of you. Absolutely. Well, there's Shirley. There was Shirley, wasn't there? And um, yeah, the other fella that's caught that great goal, didn't he? Sala. Yeah. Anyway, who we got next week? We got Hull. We got Hull on Sunday. Uh, no excuses. I mean, they drew nil nil with Leicester on Saturday in one of the dullest games I've ever seen. They've only well, they've only lost one of their last six league games: two wins and three draws. One one draw against Man City at the Etihad in early February. They're no mugs, but we've got no excuses, have we? On Sunday, yeah, but Marina get a nice glass of wine with um, Steve Bruce after, won't he? They're, they're really have a good time. And their two wins were against QPR and the pre Tim Sherwood Villa. So uh, they're currently 15th in the table, three points above the relegation zone. We've got no excuses. Have we got to put that one away? Yeah. Well, I think the, you know, the pressure's off a little bit away, isn't it? Because you, 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 can, you can soak it up a little bit and hit them on the break, you know? But this is the Premier League. You know, it's hard to predict. You saw that with Burnley yesterday. Mm. You know, it looks like winnable, bankable games. But the reality in football is you do face an opposition. And... Yeah, good side, Burnley, you know? They are a good side. But, but every team is on yeah, their day. Yeah, that's it. On their Let's day. be honest. Hull could have a performance at home at the weekend that makes it difficult. Of course, Chelsea are expected to win the game, but yeah. um, there's no bankable games in there this really are. That's why the Premier League, just in terms of game for game, is the best league in and the world. And we're six points in the lead, and we've got a game in hand. That's right. So, you know... Do you think Arsenal are a threat? Oh, don't, 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 please. I just couldn't stand that. I couldn't stand them, us going to bits and us. Just the fans would just drive me. It would, as a, as a Spurs fan, do you think Arsenal are, are a threat, Emma? No, they'll implode somehow. You know, I think it's Chelsea's to lose. And let's um, look at the experience in this dressing room. Let's be fair. I think there's enough to win it. And six points with a game in hand, any manager would want to be in that position. Yeah. Well, I said to a lot of Chelsea fans that were, were caning us on, you know, if I'd have said to you, six, six points clear with a game in hand in mid-March, you would have ripped my arm off for it. So come on, behave. Calm yeah. down. Don't panic. All right. Well, I fine. think we've got to um, wrap it up. No predictions. What, against Hull? Yeah. I'm scared of predicting these days. 4 nil, 1 nil, 4-0. 2-0, Emma. What do you think, Kerry? 6-1. 6-1. You mentalist. Yeah, I bet he's right. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Emma. That was brilliant. Thanks for coming. Really appreciate it. Thank you. A real, really, really good insight into a part of the game that we hope is going to grow and prosper.
Hope to see the fans come out. Fantastic. So uh, just to remind us, Sunday at home, Watford Ladies, Staines FC Stadium, which is the Wheat Sheaf Stadium, two o'clock start? Two o'clock kickoff. Get yourselves down there, Chelsea fans. Come on, the Blues. Come on. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.